Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wednesday, July 14th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the uh, American League All-Stars did it again. Eight consecutive All-Star game wins for the American League, uh, led by MVP Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, he hit a home run that I think is still traveling uh, somewhere west of uh, the Rocky Mountains. Uh, last night, off Corbin Burns from, uh, from Milwaukee. Uh, the, the American league all-stars win again, just, uh, a- after a rain delay, just, uh, an entertaining ball game, I think. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, Joe. It really was. And, uh, I loved, uh, that, uh, Joe Buck was talking to Tatis who was at shortstop when, uh, Guerrero hit that, that monster home run. It sounded like, you know, a cannon going off and Tatis just kind of put his hands on his head and turned around and watched it sail into the uh, bleachers. That was really fun. That was, yeah. that was and and then Buck timing. and then Buck told him to say the two of them know have known each other for years and Buck told him to say something to him and they're just like hey why don't you watch it a little longer or something like that that was the the gist of what yeah. they were saying so the the amount of fun that they when when baseball players are allowed to have fun it's great television and it's great to watch it, this was this was certainly a case with that and and I'm glad that they changed around the rules and let Otani pitch and hit and, and make appearances in, the, in, in both ways there. Uh, I think uh, it generated a lot of interest in the, in the game. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it was, this was a uh, kind of baseball, you know, the continuing to recover from the pandemic, you know, you saw a packed house, you saw, you know, no masks, you saw, you know, just uh, the best players in the game there. Otani, you know, doing something that, you know, really hasn't been done before. <laughs> I mean, hitting lead off and being the starting pitcher for the American league. Just, just kind of a cool thing. And it, it baseball showed it, it kind of has a sense of humor, although sometimes you, you doubt that. But I, I loved it, uh, like you were saying, Joe, when Freddie Freeman, they were talking to Freddie Freeman at first base, and, and, and he's saying, please don't walk. Uh, oh, who's the guy? The, uh, 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 the, the Yankee right fielder. Um, oh, Aaron Judge. said, please don't walk uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, he's going to make me look uh, small. He's going to make me look tiny. Uh, and I don't look up to many people. And sure enough, uh, Judge walks, and the six-seven Judge is looking down at the six-three Freeman, and that was funny. That that, that was uh, that was a good, good, uh, a good, good little bit there. 
Well, speaking of diminutive superstars, uh, Cleveland's own uh, little slugger, uh, Jose Ramirez, really had sort of a, a brief appearance. And I don't know if maybe that had something to do with the, the bruised elbow that he was that he's been sort of dealing with over the last couple of weeks here uh, that, that limited him uh, last week, at, at least for a couple of games. Uh, maybe he or maybe it was just that, you know, Kevin Cash had a third baseman there in Joey Wendell and wanted to get him in the game. But Ramirez only gets one at bat. Uh, in, in the game, he, he faced Taiwan Walker in the, I, I believe, fifth or sixth inning uh, and had a, a deep fly out to center field. Uh, made one catch defensively at third base, but then, you know, uh, Wendell comes in, takes over for him after Ramirez had, had come in to replace the starter, Rafael Devers. Uh, Ramirez saw his, his all-star game batting average drop to 400 there. He's now two for five in, uh, in, in three all-star game, uh, appearances. Yeah. And I thought, uh, I thought Jose's ball was out when it left the bat. I really did. And kind of died out there in that, that massive outfield in at Coors field, even though, you know, the, with the thin air, but just, uh, yeah, just quick, a quick night's work for Jose for that a hundred thousand dollar all-star bonus. So I guess, uh, it paid off. All right. Yeah, it's not bad. And, and, and really, you know, I, I think it, this time around, his third All-Star game, I think Jose would probably take it, you know, uh, just get in, get out, and and really, you know, not really stress. He, he plays every day for the Indians. This is a, a time in the All-Star break where, you know, maybe you want to try to maximize some rest there. And if he's not involved in too much else, then maybe he can, you know, hightail it out of there before he has to – sit and answer too many questions or, or whatever the case may be. So, uh, you know, two Indians all-stars, Shane Bieber obviously elected, but not able to pitch. He was there, but, but really not much for him to do other than sit there and, and sort of soak it in uh, like last year's experience, or the, uh, I'm sorry, the 2019 experience for him at home winning the MVP. But uh, you know, this year uh, a little bit different feel for him. Yeah, but it's still a blast being there, Joe. I think, you know, those guys really like it. You know, uh, you uh, you just, uh, I think it's cool just to uh, you be among your peers and uh, you talk to guys and uh, and you, you see, you know, you see players that, you know, you really only play, see from across the field, you get to know them. It's, it's, it's a great experience. I think your family comes out there, all your friends. It, it's, it's a cool thing for players. It really is. So with, with Lottie and with Otani and, you know, this sort of all these young guys having this big impact, really it was sort of their stage because uh, a lot of the, a, a lot of the sort of old guard, like there, there was no Mike Trout there. There was, you know, he's a annual and no Mookie Betts there. So these young stars really got a chance to, to step forward and shine. Yeah. 42 first time all-stars at the game, a record. You know that include uh, Guerrero and and uh, Otani. You know the whole the whole you know the whole, that whole Blue Jays team. You know what mm. were there like four or five Blue Jays there? Uh, uh, Bichette and uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that that's you know that's really, <laughs> I mean that's that's a pretty good looking ball club when you when you when you see all those 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 young hitters together for the Blue Jays. But yeah, it it and it is you know I think it's it's a good thing for baseball. See. You know, you're, you're showing that, that it's it, these young people, you know, if they want to attract young fans, you know, 
they've, they've got a lot of people, you know, fans of baseball have a lot of people, a lot of players they can, they can relate to. And, uh, you know, Tatis, guys like that, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, I think it's a, it's a good, good sign for baseball. Yeah. You know, basketball for a while has been this, uh, this huge international sport with international draw from all over uh, the globe and, and baseball really is, is it has lagged behind that uh, in, in terms of the reach, but now, you know, you bring in Otani, uh, you, you've got, uh, you know, Vladi and the, the Dominican players having such a huge impact. Uh, I think baseball is just as much of a global sport, I think, uh, as, as any, you know, basketball or anything like that. So I, I really think this was a big step forward for the game, especially like you said, coming off the pandemic uh, where things were, were kind of in doubt and sluggish. And uh, this was a, for the city of Colorado to pull this together in basically 13 weeks after getting the all-star game, when it was pulled from Atlanta, um, I, remarkable that they were able to pull that off and just knowing what went into the Cleveland all-star game back in 2019 uh, that they were able to accomplish that in such a, a quick turnaround. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a huge undertaking. You know, that's that's something you plan for. You don't plan for that in 13 weeks. You plan for it like over two years. You know, that's that's you know, it's a it's a it's a really a, a you know a big big uh, the whole the whole city the whole community has to be involved. And it sounds like uh, Denver, you know, got high marks and pulled it together. And you know, it was just a great night, great weather, and. Uh, no, everything worked out. It, it was it was cool. It was it, it was it was fun to watch. Still not as cool as the Cleveland All Star Game. Come on, no, that, that the, was the best. That, that was the best All Star Game. The the setup with the play ball park and everything that was the best. Come on, coming off of the the Republican National Convention in 2016, this town knew how to handle a big event like that. Yeah. You know, I I think it, it'll be a long time before we see anybody top uh cleveland's all-star game in, in 2019 yeah. cleveland knows how to put on an all-star game they put on what six of them so yeah something like they, that it's they, been there they, before they know how to do it there's never been a better time to register for indian subtext and get all your cleveland indians news with updates from cleveland.com reporters paul hoynes and joe noga get on board now by going to join subtext.com slash cleveland indians our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right. Well, you know, speaking of Cleveland and 
you know, the uncertainty of uh, the Indians' future that's been talked about in the last couple of days. Uh, Rob Manfred actually had his media availability with the baseball writers uh, prior to the game this week, and he brought up the the idea of Oakland and their struggle to get uh, a new stadium there, and and you know the possibility of the A's relocating. Uh, strong possibility that by September they're going to have a decision on whether the A's are going to have a new ballpark in Oakland or if they're going to open up to relocation uh, with Las Vegas, Portland, several other cities uh, being potential landing spots for the A's. Uh, the Manfred, Manfred said that the, the A's owner has done everything that he's been asked to do in terms of uh, trying to cooperate with the league and, and uh, you know, secure a new stadium for, for the team. Uh, it's, it's all coming to a head in, in September. Which way do you think it's going to go? Yeah, I, I think, uh, Joe, I, you know, this has been going on for years and years and years. I mean, uh, you know, Oakland, uh, they, they tried, they, you know, they've been so close to opening new ballparks several different times only to get it shot down. Um, you know, I, it sounds like uh, maybe this is finally a deadline that won't be passed. It won't be kicked down the road. Uh, I'd hate to see them leave Oakland. Uh, they got great fans there, but they, they need a new ballpark. I mean, that ballpark used to be really a nice ballpark until they put, you know, uh, that huge monolith in center field mm -hmm. um, for, for the Raiders. The Raiders left, and now it's just kind of sitting there, and it's just it's, it, it kind of ruined the whole uh, vibe of the ballpark to me. Do you like that trip when you when you head out there? Is that, a, is that one of the, the road trips that you, you – kind of don't like to go on or is it one that you you appreciate uh you know for for any reason other than the the, the game no I, it, that's a good ballpark i mean no it's a good trip you know to go you usually go what uh it, it used to go to the angels oakland and uh, angels in oakland now you usually just make you know they play one one team out there and maybe go to texas or something like that but yeah it's it i like uh, i like the transportation is good. You can take the BART. If you're staying in San Francisco, you get to take the BART right out to uh, the ballpark in Oakland. And, uh, or, or you can, you know, it's, it's real. If the hotels are real close to the ballpark, if you stay in Oakland. I've heard a rumor. You, you once got locked out of the, uh, the stadium there at, at the ballpark. Uh, <laughs> I got I, locked in. You got, got locked in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy came up. There, there's a, there's a fence that cuts off the uh, run, the, uh, the bridge to the uh, BART and uh, they locked it on me. <laughs> and, uh, you didn't have to go Spider-Man on him, did you? No, no. This, this is like, uh, it's like a Mad Max a bridge. You know, there's barbed wire all oh, over the geez. top of it. <laughs> I couldn't have climbed up, but some guy, security guy came out and unlocked it so I could make the BART and get back to uh, San Francisco. On One it. of these days, Hoynes, he's going to write a book on getting locked out of every major league ballpark at least <laughs> once in his career. So... <laughs> Uh, also in that Rob Manfred press availability, uh, he talked about a, a number of pressing issues that are, are, have come up. You know, we, the the sticky stuff and the substances and, and all that obviously were, were talked about, but uh, also talked about the possibility of banning the shift and, uh, you know, addressing that somewhere. You know, it, at the start of the season, the minor leagues had uh, different minor league divisions were experimenting with rules about banning the shift, requiring uh, players to have 
their infielders to have their feet on dirt before the, the pitch was delivered or having two men on either side of the bag on the infield. Uh, there, so in, in some incarnation, there's a real possibility that starting next year, they could be banning infield shifting. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm surprised at that. Uh, you know, but Manfred said he has support, you know, among GMs. And I know, you know, just from talking to uh, Terry Francona in the past, you know, he says you shouldn't mess with uh, the competitive part of the game. I didn't, I got the impression he was not in favor of, uh, you know, banning the shift, but, uh, you know, in, in recent conversations with Chris Antonetti, I kind of, I thought he was, he might be leaning toward, you know, uh, regulating the shift. Yeah. And it, it, I guess it depends on how you do it. Uh, if you, if you do it by requiring them to have feet on the dirt, that's different than maybe necessarily requiring them to have two on either side of the bag, or is it a combination of both? Uh, that I think would, that I think would be more draconian than any other sort of rule would be you have to have two feet on the dirt and have two guys on either side of the bag. That would be the most drastic sort of way to do it. But uh, you know, who knows, maybe there, maybe there's a, some research that they're able to come forward with that, you know, would, would show, you know, one way or another would be more beneficial or more fair and even things out. Uh, No, I I think Joe would obviously bring more offense into the game. All those, those, those left-handed hitters that hit rockets to a shallow right field or to their second baseman would be getting hits instead. But I also think it would show the athleticism of, you know, your shortstops and middle infielders. And we don't get to see that as much as, as we had in the past, you know, we don't get to see Omar or Omar Vizquel type plays that much or Francisco Lindor type plays because the shifts take it away. But now if you, if the shortstop has to stay between third and second, or can't shift as much, you know, he's going to have to cover those 90 feet between the, you know, the, the, the bags. Yeah. It's also, it would also mark the death of the shortstop third baseman. I mean, You've got Jose Ramirez, who came up as a shortstop. Uh, when the shift is on, he's playing in, in the shortstop's position, but he's a third baseman. That's a, a short a shortstop playing third base, playing shortstop is the way that I always described Jose Ramirez uh, when, when the shift is on. Uh, always a little extra weapon for the Indians in that way. Uh, one of the other issues, two of the other issues uh, Manfred addressed, the extra runner, on second base at the start of extra innings and uh, seven inning double headers. Uh, both of those were sort of uh, new rules that were born of the COVID season. And Manfred says, and it, it sh- certainly looks like both of those could be going away next year, uh, just based on what he was saying uh, yesterday to the, to the, to the media at, at the all-star game. Yeah, it's, it definitely sounds like that, Joe. And uh, you know, I, I kind of like the, the, the runner on second base in the extra innings just because it adds a little intrigue to the game. It moves it along. You know, you're not locked in there for 18 innings. But I, I also know it's, it's kind of a false way to inject offense in, into the game. And, you know, you know probably traditional, traditionalists still hate that. And the seven inning, you know, uh, double headers, I can do without. I, I, you know, those things aren't those on, to me, those aren't games, you know, they, they just, you know, if you can't throw a no hitter and you know, a recognized no hitter in a game, you know, the, you know, I, I you know, that, that's just kind of, there's a lot of, 
things that kind of irritate me about the seven inning. No, you're you're right. I I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about the the seven inning doubleheaders. I I like them in terms of, you know, those games get over pretty quick. Yeah. You know, you're talking you're talking maybe two hours, two hours, fifteen, twenty minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that aspect of it, but I yeah I agree. Um, it, it changes the way you manage and the way that you arrange your your roster and I, and I, don't, I don't like that. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I uh, heard another uh, discussion and it was uh, based on the all-star game and, and who wasn't there uh, this past week. Uh, this is how we'll wrap up today. Uh, the Astros basically decided to skip the all-star game. Uh, I have no proof whatsoever that there was anything but legitimate reasons for uh, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Michael Brantley, and, and, and any of those guys to, to not appear uh, at the All-Star game. However, uh, it, it's, if, if you just look at it on its face, it's pretty suspicious that, uh, you know, the guys who were involved in the cheating scandal prior to the 2020 season, uh, and they, they basically got a pass and didn't have to face the music uh, at, at an All-Star game in 2020, uh, now in a situation where they would have certainly been booed by everybody there at Coors Field uh, in, in Denver last night um, that they basically all skipped out on this. There is a requirement in the, the CBA that says that unless you have a legitimate reason, you're, requ- you're required to be at that game if you're elected to go. Uh, the Astros have essentially said, eh, we don't want to go. And if, Manf- if Rob Manfred has an opportunity to levy a fine or a suspension against any one of those players, do you think he'd he'd, he'd jump on that opportunity? Given that he he took so much heat for for giving them a pass, basically on the on the whole cheating scandal. Yeah, I think uh, you know that's going to be interesting. I, I'm sure they'll investigate it thoroughly. Um, you know, it reminds me of uh, Manny Ramirez. I think he did it twice. Didn't show up to the All Star game, and both times he said his grandmother died. <laughs> so she, wow she, she used the same excuse i think maybe once she was sick and once that she died or something like that it he just was, legitimately didn't show up to the all-star game he showed up he, he showed up once i think just to get the uh the gift pack you know the they get, they get all this stuff you know they he get wanted the swag stuff. he wanted swag. all the swag you know, they, you know they get equipment bags full of it so he showed up once to do that and i think he, he blew off one, another one that's that a that is very on brand for Manny I I think that's exactly what he would do uh b wow could you imagine somebody just outright and and not making any excuse or saying anything like that I mean twice your grandma died that that's a bit thin I'm sorry uh but in this situation I mean Manfred really took some criticism for not yeah holding anybody accountable in this, he's this is a this is sort of like um, you know Al Capone getting uh, a re- uh, sent to prison for tax evasion. You know, this is I can't get you uh, for the crime that you really right. did, but I can get you for this this other crime, and and I'm going to get you. Uh, I I got to believe that if if there's any way, and, and Manfred said that they will investigate, that they will look into this. They've they've already said that that they will. So who knows? Maybe in the next week we see uh, some fines and suspensions for some of these Astros and, you know, Jose Altuve, the day before the all-star break hit a walk-off 
home run and was running around the bases, tearing off his shirt. Uh, I, I don't see how he's injured. Yeah. And then yeah, in that game against the Yankees, he hit it against, right? And right. then the Yankees, the Yankees hit a couple guys hit the home runs and well, covered their shirt. Like, yeah, like judge, in the judge covered his chest and then Altuve ripped his shirt off to sort of <laughs> give it back to him. So it's, it's still a mess. It's still a whole, I, I it just makes me so angry, but what are you going to do? Yeah, Joe, right. I thought, you know, I thought that had subsided, you know, but when the Astros were in Cleveland, you know, Altuve got, he got booed like crazy. Every time is, he came on the field. Hoinsey, every guy who was on that 2017 team, who, wherever he goes is, is getting booed, you know, at, uh, you, uh, is it, yeah, uh, Guriel, when he was in town, he, he gets booed. It, it, yeah. it doesn't matter if you were at, uh, Josh Reddick, all those guys—they're—they're they're getting booed everywhere, and and deservedly so. Yep. It's it, it, and then and then when Mike Fires co- goes and pitches in Houston, they uh they threw a block of cheese at him with a picture of a rat on it. So, you know what are you gonna do? All right, Hoinsey, uh, we have uh, another off day tomorrow, uh, so we will continue to follow developments and news in the the world of baseball as the Indians get set to. Uh, start up the second half of the season. We'll look forward to uh, some of the bigger questions uh, of, of what the Indians face here in the second half uh, on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, look forward to talking to you then. All right, Joe.